The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. All right, Farrell on the bench with you. So uh, the second round of the NBA draft is underway now. They're just uh, starting at the Hornets draft at Vernon Carey out of Duke. And uh, so there you go. Uh, and now Minnesota's in. They've been raking tonight. Obviously getting uh, Edwards with the number one pick. We'll follow the second round as it goes. I, it's a lot faster than the first round. I think they, I could be wrong. I think it was, it's five minutes uh, they get to pick in the first round. And then in the second round, I think it's like a couple minutes. So they move a lot quicker in uh, this round and we'll keep our eyes on it. I think the big story to focus on here tonight about the draft is not about who's getting picked and who's getting traded. The real story in the NBA tonight is Clay Thompson's injury to his right leg today. Uh, this is just drastic news coming out of the Bay Area. Now, they're going to have an MRI. They're going to find out what happened to the right leg. Um, he'll have it tomorrow morning, first thing. And he was playing with several NBA players in LA and felt pain in his calf when he landed on his leg and the warriors are worried allegedly according to reports that it is an achilles tendon injury but are hoping it's not serious and are determined to not overreact and to wait on the results of the mri they're flying to los angeles to be there for thompson when he gets the mri of course he missed all of last season after tearing the ACL in his left knee during game six of the NBA Finals against the Raptors, the Warriors uh, were very optimistic. Uh, he'd spent a year rehabbing the injury, that he was going to be back full strength for this season. The Warriors coach, Kerr, said that the Warriors didn't clear Thompson to scrimmage during the team bubble in Cameron, Uh, But he's been playing. I told you uh, on Coast to Coast, I've seen the guy playing before and he looks lights out. But now he's injured again. It's unbelievable. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table. 
with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. All right, second round. Uh, the first pick went uh, to Minnesota. Tyrell Terry, the uh, point guard out of Stanford, 6'2", 160. Number two was Vernon Carey, the big from Duke, going to Charlotte. And then number three, Daniel uh, Turu, uh, went from uh, the, the big center from Minnesota, 6'10", 250. Uh, the guy can actually pop from three. The guy can bang from the corners. He's a, a a big and a shooter at the same time. So uh, this guy, when he played uh, last year, 20 points a game, 11 boards, 2.7 blocks, all defensive selection in the Big Ten, and can finish. Uh, they say he can't pass, but what do I care about that when he's 6'10"? Uh, let's see what happens. He's going to go to the Knicks. So... You know, Minnesota drafted him, but he's going to the Knicks. That's the 33rd pick that the Knicks got in their uh, trade in the first round. So there you go. And um, I guess the Sixers just made a deal. Uh, They got this guy, uh, Maladin. I think he's a French player. Like uh, Tony Parker was a zero. I think uh, uh, Theo Maladin, he's a French player. Six five buck seventy five out of France, uh, big point guard at six five, uh, long wingspan and thirty six percent threes, eighty percent free throw shooter. Blah blah blah. So anyway, uh, so now now you're telling me the Clippers trade for that number thirty three pick. I just saw it. So the Clippers take uh, Minnesota center Daniel Aturu uh, after making trades with the Knicks. For the, uh, oh, a 2023 second round pick. So the Knicks dealt that big man to the Clippers Carver High for a 2023 second round pick. So uh, we're three years away from that happening. So uh, in the south of France, they call that, I don't give a rat's ass. Don't tell me about something that's going to happen three years from now. Thank you very much. Uh, to me, that's confusing. Like, honestly, yeah, let's, let's make it more confusing. I just uh, so the bottom line is uh, they got that 28th and 33rd. They dealt the 33rd for three years from now. And uh, so they got uh, the pick at 28. What, who was the pick? Do you remember? Like, it's so confusing to me. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's just so con- confusing. So I want to go back to the first round. I want to go back to that 28th pick. They got uh, or. Uh, where where was that pick? Oh, it's the 25th pick. It's that kid out of Kentucky, Emmanuel uh, Quickly. That's the guard out of Kentucky that they got, right? And then the 33rd pick is the kid they just traded to the Clippers. Boom. So, you know, I actually like that pick, Aturu, but the bottom line is they have Mitchell Robinson. That's why they don't need another center, right? At least that's the way they think. He's going to get all the burn. Anyway, going back to this uh, 
Clay Thompson thing, I have to tell you, uh, this is a huge story that's developing. First of all, they got to wait till tomorrow. I think that uh, rumors, and they could, you know, be very well accurate, these stories coming out of uh, Los Angeles tonight. Basically, that uh, Shelbourne chick is the one reporting it, right? So she's uh, reporting that it's he landed on his right leg, he felt something in his calf, shut it down. Uh, and then over the next hour or two, it became apparent that they felt that there was talk, rumor, alleged that it's an Achilles. Well, this is all I have to say. Now, I don't know anything about what happened to him, so I, I can't sit here and speculate on uh, if it's an Achilles. But I'll tell you this much. I have torn my calf playing basketball. And uh, I mean, to tell you, you can't even walk. That's how bad that is. So when you tear your uh, calf, you're done for a month. Okay? You're, you're not running for a month. And I'm talking, you're not playing basketball. You cannot run. You cannot uh, dribble drive. You can't jump start. You can't jump. You can't do anything. You can't run. Uh, transition. You cannot run a fast break. You can't do anything. You just can't run. So you're done. So they better hope that it's a, a calf tear, right? You better hope it's a calf tear because that's a month. No big deal. He'll be back uh, for the start of the regular season. If it's an Achilles, which they'll find out with the MRI tomorrow, they'll know tomorrow if it's an Achilles. Now they're going to want to hide that from the media, right? Because the media is going to run with that. And the minute they find out that that guy has an Achilles tear, his season's done for a year. And then I, I said this to you, Carver High, if he tore his Achilles and he blew out his left knee and had a reconstructive knee surgery, torn ACL, blown out, sat out a year. Now, if, if that's a torn Achilles, he's, he's going to be playing at the Y. He's finished. He's finished. He'll never be the same. He'll never be the same. I don't care how good he shoots. He'll be the best shooter ever down at the rec league because uh, I'm telling you, you blow out your left knee and then blow out your right Achilles, you're finished. He'll never be the same. You can't even argue it, Carver High. You're going to tell me that guy misses two full years and then he's going to come back and just because he can shoot a three, he's going to be uh, settled right back into the Warriors lineup because they're going to tell you, we're behind him 100%. We're with him. We love him. He's family. He's on the team. We're going to go through his PT. We're going to wait it out. We're going to bring him back and then he's going to be the same old Clay. No, he's not. Who is ever the same? I mean, literally, I mean, Kobe Bryant wasn't even the same after he tore his Achilles. Uh, you know, Cousins, he's not the same. Didn't he tear his Achilles and then come back and get injured again? Who is the same after they tear their Achilles in, frankly, in basketball, let alone in, in other sports, right? I just don't. I just don't see it. I, I, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here, but the fact of the matter is, if you blow out your left ACL and your right Achilles, you're damaged goods, bro. You are absolutely finished. I mean, this is the NBA. 
this isn't, uh, you know, playing down with Pharrell in the over 50 league uh, or playing with Pharrell down at the lifetime in the men's league. You know what I mean? This isn't like, you know, white chocolate down there playing in Orlando in the men's rec league championship game. This is the NBA. And let me tell you something, uh, the speed of the NBA, the physicality of the NBA, uh, the young bloods that come into the NBA tonight, all the new draft picks in the NBA are all, you know, 19, 20, 21 years old, 22 max. Right. And, uh, you know, what do they do to guys that are 28, 30 years old, 32 years old? They blow right by him. Right. I mean, the, the problem I have playing basketball now for me is speed. Speed kills me every time. It's just every time. It's automatic. I mean, I am the worst defender in the world against speed. So I play these brothers that are faster. One of them, I call him, his, his nickname's Lightning, right? I played his cat, Lightning, and he's a great player. And he's uh, he's literally, he's so fast, he's like a, a fly in your kitchen. I mean, this guy's so fast, you couldn't catch him with a fly swatter. And uh, he just abuses me. Because like I always I get him off the pick, right? I get him off a, a off a screen and then I got to guard him and he's 100 miles an hour. And I can I have no chance against this guy uh, against his handle or his dribble drive. I have no chance of stopping him. He can do whatever he wants to me. He goes right by me like the wind. And that's what's going to happen to Clay Thompson. OK, after uh, his blown out knee and his blown out Achilles, if that's the injury, if. If that's what comes back on that MRI that he blew out his Achilles, I'm telling you, bro, he's playing at the Y. You can quote me on that because I'm telling you, his stock will drop so low, uh, he won't even be registered on the New York Stock Exchange. You know it's true, Carver High. I do not disagree. It's going to be very tough for him to come back from back-to-back injuries after two years. Very, very tough. And back-to-back injuries that cripple your legs. And the NBA is all about legs, son. If you got no legs, you got no burn, you got no gain. It's for all in events. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys. And I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Anyway, uh, now we're into this uh, second round, and it's just, oh, God. Robert Woodard the second from Mississippi State going to Memphis. Somehow, I, I'm assuming that that's a deal with the Wizards. Or no, no, no. I see that's the number 10 pick. I see what's happened here. Uh, it's behind. I'm behind the times. 
Yeah, I, I got to see what's going on here. All right, so uh, they're just not posting them is what it uh, boils down to. They're so behind ESPN on what they're actually doing, like on their website, right? Like on their feed of the draft. I mean, I think what I think what just happened is uh, the 10th pick just went down, didn't it? I think it did. It was to Memphis. And I'm looking at the Memphis pick, and the pick before that was New Orleans. And they got the kid Hughes out of Syracuse. So they're just so far behind. It's embarrassing. I have to, you know, I'm done. I'm done counting on them. I can't. It's unbelievable. How is that possible that they're they're actually running the draft and they can't keep it up to snuff? Can you explain that to me? They have you... problems with this draft every year. Uh, between how ahead they are on social media to what the actual broadcast is, the whole thing is uh, very tough to, to deal with. And all the trades, and all, it's it's very hard. Well, have I not just sat there and given you every single pick and now they can't keep up to uh, up to pace. <laughs> how do you how do you not have it like up to pace? Like we're exactly where they are because I didn't see the uh, I didn't see the Wizards, the Jazz. I saw the New Orleans pick, the kid Hughes out of Syracuse, and then I just saw the Woodard uh, selection of the uh, Grizzlies. So apparently they can't uh, they can't you know. Keep up the pace. They're at number 11 now. Uh, and that they're going to make the announcement of the 11th pick and the number 41 pick in the draft. And uh, that's the bottom line. And so somewhere in the grand scheme of things, Carver High, they refuse to put up the picks. So I have no idea who uh, went to Washington. And, uh, and really... I guess uh, the other pick that I'm I'm having a, a problem getting my hands on is uh, so it's the uh, Jazz pick. All right, so now I see the uh, the the Wizards got a point guard Krejci out of the Czech Republic. What a thrill that is for everyone! So I'm not I, I'm not worried about that pick at all, right? And then uh, now a uh, Saban Lee. A point guard from Vanderbilt went to the Jazz at at uh, eight, which was thirty eight, and then the kid Hughes from Syracuse, uh, Elijah Hughes. It just went up from Cuse to uh, the Pelicans at thirty nine, and then Robert Woodard, the second from Mississippi State, is the fortieth pick, and now Trey Jones from Duke goes to play for Popovich in San Antonio. And I got to tell you, uh, in the first round, that pick that the uh, Spurs got, I saw it before. If I can just find it, it it'll be very helpful. I, I have no idea. Uh, I saw, oh, the uh, uh, Vassell, the kid from Florida State, right? Devin Vassell, uh, he's, uh, that's a really good uh, pick. Uh, at number 11. So then they add, they add a shooting guard and they add a point guard and they get Trey Jones in uh, this round uh, out of Duke. So they got a nice little backcourt draft tonight, the Spurs. Not bad, huh? You see, that's what it is. The second round, uh, the, the picks are two minutes apart. So 
believe me, you, they're going to get this done by 12, like they always do. This thing will be over before you know it, because it's just rolling now every two minutes. The Pelicans are on the board, and uh, we'll see what happens. So, uh, yeah, you go back to the the Clay Thompson story, and this is going to be gigantic, uh, what the MRI uh, confirms tomorrow when they do it in the morning in L.A. If he's, you know, if it's a calf, if it's a calf tear, that's no big deal. He's going to be fine. If it's an Achilles tear, I'm telling you, he's he's at the YMCA. He's done. I will not buy that stock. Are you going to buy him with a blown out ACL and a blown out Achilles? Now, look, he looked fantastic coming back from the ACL. It took a year, but he worked his ass off. And I think he's young enough to, you know, rehab PT and be a great player again. There's been a million guys that have blown out their knee and, you know, got it fixed and uh, became very productive players again. I have no problem with that. Uh, technology, medicine, doctors, orthopedic surgeons have the, the knee injuries changed dramatically from even 10 years ago. Right. And it's more sophisticated now. And they can actually, it's almost like they make you the bionic man. They'll put you back out there better than you were. It's like Tommy John. They'll fix your elbow. You'll be stronger than you ever were. But I have a problem with, um, I actually don't believe they can do that with an Achilles. I have yet to see it, right? Have you have you seen anybody tear their Achilles and actually get better Carver High in sports? You tear that Achilles, you're just, you're like done. I mean, it, it looks never there's the very, same. There's very rare cases. I mean, there's some guys that are absolute freaks in nature. Like, didn't, didn't Nate Peterson do it for the Vikings? And he came back pretty strong uh, after that. I mean, but he's a freak. I mean, you get, there's a couple of small cases. But for the most part, you're right. Uh, when you get that injury, it is extremely hard to come back from that. Yeah, so I, I don't uh, put much stock in it. If that's the verdict... I'm telling you, that's bad news, Bears. Uh, it is not going to be good at all. That's going to be rather unpleasant. Uh, what a devastating injury. Like, I mean, you can't keep him off the court, right? Like, I know they don't want him playing ball, but what are they going to do? Put him in bed? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, the guy came back from his knees, been practicing, he's been playing, he's been running, he's been balling, he's been scrimmaging. He's been doing his thing. Uh, you got to get back out there and play, right? So what happens? This guy goes out and plays in Los Angeles and blows out his uh, Achilles. Are you kidding me? I pray to God it's his calf because he said he felt it in his calf. I don't really understand that. Uh, Nick Richards, the center from Kentucky, goes to the Pelicans. Uh, first team all SEC last year. Big shot blocker from uh, uh, Kentucky that played for Calipari. Going to go play with Zion and company uh, down on Bourbon Street. So my point is, um, when when you tear your calf, I just I remember uh, ripping my my calf when I tore it, and uh, I went down in a heat. I I never like that's serious. The calf tear, it's, it's no joke. Like like you're done. You just you can't walk, let alone run. So when it happens, you're on the floor. It's just an immediate, you're done. Like, you're just like, whoa, need help getting to the car when you're at the gym playing, right? 
So I did it, and it takes a month. I'll never forget. You know who blew out his calf playing with me? Was um, White Chocolate, your boy uh, High Heat. Did you know, uh, Carver Hyde, that High Heat was a great basketball player back in the day? I did not know that. So uh, he played college basketball, and he was a high school uh, schoolboy legend around here. And he played college basketball, and then he uh, he played in men's leagues and everything around New York City for years. And his nickname was White Chocolate. The guy could ball. High Heat was a baller, and he could flat out play. No questions asked. He can play. So one day he rolls up on Pharrell at the gym and he's like, I'm going to play today. And I'm like, damn, let's go. Let's go out there and get it on. So I put him on my team and uh, one thing leads to another. We start the game five minutes into the game. The guy pulls up his, his, he tore his calf five minutes in. Like he, he didn't really stretch or anything. He just went out there and, Warmed up and shot a couple J's. And then he started playing. He ran down the court once or twice and boom, it hit. And he tore his calf and he was down in a heap. And um, I just remember he never played again. Never, never once did I ever see him on a basketball court again, ever. This was like five years ago, maybe four years ago. He came out to play with us one day, tore his calf, and that was the end of him. I knew another guy that I played with. Uh, how about this one? I know a guy that was a high school state champion uh, guy could ball, flat out shooter, pure clean shooter, uh, won two state championships at Teaneck, right? And this kid uh, came out to play with me one day. I used to train with him and shoot in the morning, right? And I knew his dad and whatever, uh, great coach, legendary coach in, in Jersey, in North Jersey, uh, won multiple state championships. He had just loaded teams with brothers at Teaneck. And uh, this kid tore his calf playing with me one day, and he blamed me. He, the guy got up and threw a basketball at me, he blamed me. Uh, I'll never forget it. He blamed me that he tore his calf because he said, uh, I tried to get him to ball. You know, I kept telling him, you got a ball, man. Let's go. Let's play. Let's go. Man, let's just put on the shoes and let's go. <laughs> let's just play. I go, because I play every day. And I'm like, let's go. Let's go ball. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. You're a wuss. You don't play anymore, bro. You're state champ. Come on. You, you got so much game and you're incredible. Why don't you just play with us one Saturday? It's four on four. You'll love it. We play, you know, full court. You'll love it. And uh, he came out and played, and like five minutes into the game, the guy tore his calf, and he went down in a heap. And then he got up and threw the ball at me, and he's like, it's your fault. I'm like, what? He goes, you're the one that got me to play. <laughs> Who blames some other dude for his injuries? All right, Pharrell on the bench. So here's where we're at. The Bucks with the 45th pick and 15th in the second round take the uh, power forward Jordan Nwora from Louisville, Nigerian national player. Uh, he can score, flat-out score for uh, Mac at Louisville. And before him, uh, Samanovic from Montenegro. Marco Samanovic goes to the Bulls with the 44th pick. Before that, Sacramento, Sacramento. Uh, uh, Jemias Ramsey from Texas Tech, a point guard, goes to Sacramento. 
And I told you before that Nick Richards from Kentucky went to the Pelicans. And now uh, at 46, the 16th pick in the second round, C.J. Ellerby from Washington State, a shooting guard, goes to the Blazers. We'll keep our eyes on uh, the rest of the way. Celtics are up next. And uh, we've been following the NBA draft all night. But Greg Bell is with us, hopefully, from the Tacoma Trib News getting ready for uh, the Seahawks this week. They've had some problems the last couple of weeks with turnovers. Let's see if we can get Greg on on the bench. Greg, can you hear me? Hello. How are you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm well, Scott. How's everything? Good to have you on, brother. I'm glad you're on. Uh, so uh, we had some issues earlier uh, yesterday, today with uh, the hooks. So I'm glad I got you. Uh, technical problems can be rather agitating. And then I start cussing <laughs> and I get, I start going Bob Knight, Calypso Bay on everybody. I don't, uh, I don't cuss out my producers. I cuss out the actual phones. So I don't like, oh, I don't, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I don't, uh, Carver High, I don't attack you ever, do I? I attack the equipment. I start no, cussing out never, phones and it's never my fault. No, I don't blame the phone, any the phone individual. Back. That's, that's a good target. You know what I mean? I just start abusing verbally the phones and the phone company and the phone lines and the board and, and anything technical. I take all the abuse out on those people, which aren't people at all. So it's uh, fantastic. So let me ask you, when you saw uh, their problems the last couple of weeks, how do you uh, define it for me? The turnovers, that's really what's killed them. I've said on the show, I still think the Seahawks are the team to beat in the West. I still think they're going to win that division. Uh, at this point, they'd have to fold, you know, the tent to not win the division the way they played the last couple of weeks. You don't expect that to continue, do you? Uh, no, I don't, Scott. I it can't. Here's what's going on with this team. They are wholly dependent. Most NFL teams are, but they're wholly dependent on their quarterback, Russell Wilson, having to be perfect or near perfect. When he's been perfect or near perfect, they've won six games, and he was the front runner for the NFL MVP. When he's turned it over ten times in their three losses, that's why they're six and three. Their defense gives them no room, no margin of error, and Wilson has to be nearly perfect to win with a defense that is on pace to giving up the most yards in the history of the NFL. That's really where it's at. When Wilson turns over, makes mistakes, forces passes like the end zone interception of the, against the Rams in the first half. That's when they lose. And he doesn't turn over, they win. Well, uh, they have a huge game uh, tomorrow night, uh, obviously against Arizona in Seattle. And uh, you remember the first game uh, that – the bottom line was they should have won that game. They didn't. I, I picked Arizona in that game and got real lucky. Uh, they, they beat them in overtime down in the Valley. What do you remember most about that game that they let kind of slip through their fingers? Well, I was there and watched Patrick Peterson shadow DK Metcalf all over the field. And Russell Wilson and Brian Schoenheimer, the play caller, decided to go away from Peterson and go to Tyler Lockett. 20 targets to Tyler Lockett, 15 catches, 200 yards, three touchdowns, a career night for Lockett. And if the Cardinals want to do Peterson on Metcalf tomorrow night, they're going to do that again. They'll throw it to Lockett. And they're happy with that matchup. Now, Pat, uh, 
Ramsey and the Rams also shattered, not quite as much as Peterson, but also shattered Metcalf last week. And Metcalf only had two catches and four targets. I think the Seahawks are going to try to get Metcalf involved early. But they need a running game. And I know Lewis Cookers and the throwing game is still the best thing they have going. But they need to have a running game to keep defenses honest. Wilson's been knocked down 34 times the last two games. That's unsustainable, obviously. And now they've got at least Carlos Hyde back tomorrow and maybe Chris Carson. He's questionable. If they can even get Hyde back, which he'll be on the field, that'll make Arizona be more honest in their pass rush. They blitzed Wilson mercilessly in the fourth quarter in overtime of that first meeting because Hyde and Carson were out injured. And they haven't played since that game, and the Seahawks have lost three or four. Their only win was over a decimated 49ers team that had a one-legged Jimmy Garoppolo. That's how important the run game is to pass protection, to Russell Wilson overall, and they're going to get at least their half of their run game with Carlos Hyde tomorrow. I think that's going to make a big difference in how this game goes compared to how it went in Arizona. But that still doesn't say anything about Seattle's defense. How are they going to get any kind of pressure on Tyler Murray they played back conservatively, trying not to let Murray run by him in the first game, and Murray burned him. 360 yards, three touchdowns, 34 completions, 48 attempts, all season highs for him. They have to blitz him more tomorrow. But Seattle's problem when they blitz recently, yes, they've had 10 sacks for those two games, but their secondary is going to be missing its two top corners again tomorrow night. Shaquille Griffin's injured. Quentin Dunbar's out injured. So you're going to have third and fourth corners that are going to have to be a lot stickier in coverage than they've been behind the blitzes that Seattle's going to have to do. When did they – all right, so, uh, you know, all these other injuries that you just mentioned, uh, Griffin, Dunbar, uh, before that Adams had missed a few games and then came back. Mm But now he's back, and, you know, I know he was talking about playing for the Jets, uh, sent him into a rubber room and everything else. But when did the – was it when he was out initially that you started seeing uh, cracks in the armor with their defense? Was it just when Adams was out that you started noticing that they had problems, or has the defense been uh, terrible the whole season and we just didn't notice because – uh, Russell Wilson was lighting it up at the time. Terrible the whole season, and you didn't notice because Russell Wilson was lighting up the whole time, Scott. They gave up in the first two games of the season that Adam started. They gave up 19 plays of 20 yards or more in three games. Then after those three games, after Adams got hurt, they went and dropped off, didn't want to get beat over the top, played much more conservatively, didn't blitz as much. They were a 29% blitz team after that Arizona game. Adams comes back after missing all of October. They're back up to 50% blitzing, which is way above what Pete Carroll likes to do. But it's what Adams does best. So he's got five and a half sacks, which is one off his career high. I lost uh, Greg there uh, somehow, some way. I lost Greg. So there you go. All right, we're going to try to get him back on uh, the show. We lost him there for a second when he was talking about uh, the the Seahawks' defensive problems. And uh, now they, you know, have Adams back. And, you know, the bottom line is they're still not good. You know what I mean? Like, 
I, I just, I really don't understand it. And um, this Arizona team uh, means business. Uh, so, Greg, I lost you right in the middle of you explaining what was wrong with. Yeah, I'm afraid uh, you're abusing phones right now. <laughs> All right. So, uh, where were we? You were talking about Adams, and he was out, and then he's back in now, but they still sink. Yeah, they were dropped off and didn't want to get beat in big plays when Adams was out. He were a 29% blitz team while Adams was out. Now they're back up to 50%, way more than Carroll wants to blitz, but it's because that's what Adams does best. He has five and a half sacks in five games, one off his career high for an entire season that he got last week, last year with the Jets. And they are blitzing more than they ever wanted to. But that's because that's what Adams is best at, and it's because their front four defensive linemen cannot get consistent pressure. They have to bring a fifth and a sixth guy. And when you have your third and fourth cornerbacks covering behind those blitzes, that's a problem. And that's what Josh Allen and Buffalo exploited. That's what Jared Goff and the Rams exploited last week. That's what Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and the Cardinals are licking their chops tomorrow. Do you think, uh, let's say, uh, you know, Arizona beats them again? Uh, do you think that's the beginning of the end for the Seahawks winning the NFC West if they lose to them again and they uh, have this, you know, three-game malaise? No, I don't, Scott, because the rest of the schedule is so favorable for Seattle. And it's part of the reason why tomorrow's game is so pivotal. If the Seahawks can win tomorrow, they'll be back in first place. And they only have one game the rest of the season with a team currently that winning record. They have three games against the NFC East still, which, as you know, is the NFL equivalent of a free win or a bye. And the Cardinals and the Rams have already played their NFC East games. And the Cardinals and Rams haven't played each other yet. They still have two games against each other to play. So the Seahawks, if they can come out of tomorrow night in first place, they're in the driver's seat. And even if they lose, they're only a game behind in the division with the easiest part of their schedule right in front of them. I mean, they play the Jets and Giants at home in consecutive weeks next month. <laughs> That's a vacation in NFL terms. Right. So – they are setting themselves up still for having a 12-4 and four season, even if they lose back tomorrow night. But if they win tomorrow night, they are certainly in the driver's seat. That's how pivotal tomorrow's game is. Wow, that's going to be huge. Uh, so, listen, I still think they finish off the division and get in. But uh, respectfully, i got 90 seconds. Do you uh, think that with this defense being as bad as it is, that they can overcome that with Russell Wilson in the playoffs? Or will that defense be the kiss of death? Yeah, that's their Achilles heel. That's their fatal flaw, actually, Scott. They will not go to the Super Bowl with a defense like this. Unless Jamal Adams stays healthy, Carlos Dunlop makes a difference in the front four, and they start getting the quarterback pressure and coverage with it, they're not going to the Super Bowl. They may win a division, but having a home playoff game this year, as you know, won't mean what it has in the past. No home field advantage with the crowd noise and the crazy noise in Seattle. It's going to be an empty stadium. And unless you're the number one seed now, you're not going to get a bye either. Even the number two teams, number two seed is going to have to play in the first round of the playoffs. This, this is a tough task for Seattle that's constructed. They 
they've whiffed on defensive draft picks recently. They let Jadavion Clowney go without re-signing him. They missed on Everson Griffin on the free market, and they're paying the price for that with a pass rush that is almost college level in an NFL that guys like Connor Murray can light up. And let's face it, if they do make the playoffs, they're going to have to beat Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, and they will not do that with the pass rush they have. Wow. Uh, I'll tell you what, uh, have fun with that uh, DeAndre Hopkins again tomorrow night because uh, Murray and Hopkins oh, yeah. are lighting it up. I don't care about that Buffalo game. They're just good any way you slice it. You got your hands full. Greg, we'll catch up again real soon. We'll get you on coast-to-coast uh, coast on the TV side, get you back on the bench and talk more Seahawk football as we get down further into the season here. I got to run tonight, but thanks for coming on late with us and uh, breaking down the game for tomorrow night. Enjoy the game, buddy. You're welcome. Take care, buddy. Happy Thanksgiving. You too, my man. Greg Bell with the Tacoma Trip News with us uh, on a bench. All right, Pharrell on a bench. Uh, Cassius Winston, the guard out of Michigan State, just went to the uh, Thunder uh, with the 53rd pick. And before that, Kenny Martin Jr. played at IMG down in Bradenton. Uh, Kenny Martin's kid uh, went to the Sacramento Kings, which is like San Quentin. <laughs> Let's bring in Marenzi. Sports Rage is next on Sports Group Radio Overnights. Uh, what do you think of the draft tonight, Marenzi? I, you know, dude, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking, Kenyon Martin Jr. That there's actually a junior. <laughs> like, <out there. laughs> remember how crazy he was in Cincinnati? Like, yeah, man, he was he a badass. Like, like, really, like, really, just, just over the top. I'm a big uh, Cassius Winston. A fan. We got a little feedback uh, here, guys. We got a That's little all right. Just keep going. Just keep going, yeah, man. Um, we got all kinds you, of problems. You hear it too, huh? I'm <laughs> we got all kinds I'm of problems. Through. Right. <laughs> so well, I love Cassius I like Cassius Winston, Winston a lot, Scotty. Yeah, a great player from Michigan State. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, what did you think? I, I know you're not a, uh, at least I don't think, uh, I know you're a Raptor guy, but uh, the Knicks, what What did you think of Obi Toppin getting to uh, go to the Knicks and go home, uh, the kid from Brooklyn? I loved his game at Dayton. I love the fact the Knicks finally got a player, in my opinion. Yeah, you know what, Scotty? I, they, they need a guard, but I think they're going to address this still. I don't know if they're going to go after Van Fleet, but as you mentioned, Obi Toppin, local kid, He's a dunker. I have my concerns. Can he hit shots? You know, is he just lighting it up in college? Uh, but you talk about bringing excitement and lighting up the garden. That's what they need. R.J. Barrett's a good player, but he doesn't, like, bring people out of their seats. Obi Toppin can do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked about it. And uh, they made a lot of moves, uh, but none of them uh, were necessary to get him at eight. I was surprised he was still there. Uh, at eight, uh, there was, you know, a lot of talk of Cleveland getting him at five. Bottom line is all the rhetoric about trades, trading the number one, the number two, the number three, the number four. It was all BS. Uh, have a great show, Marenzi. I'll see you guys tomorrow on Coast to Coast at 4 East. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.